A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Uh, we were joined in the studio by our old friend, um, former Scottish football correspondent, Mark Donaldson. He now lives in the States, and it was in the States he got to know and become very good friends with uh, the late, great Paul Mariner, formerly of England, Ipswich and Arsenal. Uh, Mark came in, he's uh, put together a beautiful biography of Paul, and uh, George Mariner, Paul's son, joined him as well. Uh, we chatted to the comedian and actor Nick Helm, who uh, is not a big sports fan, but he, and he told us why. That's right, he hates sport, but yeah. never mind. But we, got still, we got something out of it. We got him in, we got him in. And Richard Crackers Cracknell, uh, friend of the show, Spurs fan and our... Um, our um, training ground reporter for many a transfer window, uh, he popped in to see us on a flying visit from the Canary Islands. So we had a chat, got involved in some stuff. Yeah. Um, Andy told us about a gig he's going to. <laughs> Bex Hill on sea, but he can't wait. Here it all is. <laughs> Five minutes past one. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. And uh, yes, I was very annoyed not to be able to get a ticket for last night's game. And you wasn't, got your a, wasn't a great wrong. game to miss. You oh, got yeah. your timings. Are you one of those things where you the missed the deadline? You just missed the deadline. I just wish you'd, they'd either send you out an email or some. you had some idea when these tickets they go They normally on, so. do send you an email. Well, yeah. Our lot do. You yeah, know, they I know. Send, they don't for some reason. They send you an email. So they, don't forget, do. they send us three or four and say the deadline is tomorrow. No, deadline is tonight. They don't do that. So it's a bit annoying. So, But it's my fault. So I can't really blame anybody else. And it wasn't... Was it poor what a game? game to what a poor game to miss! Yeah, they are playing well, Chelsea at the moment. I mean, I still wouldn't say they're the best team in the world. That's a big claim. Yeah, yeah Gabby Agbonlahor. It's um, a very big claim. But I mean, saying, oh, you know, so who's better? Well, you have to say on the evidence of the City Chelsea game that City slightly had the edge. Well, well, they were much better than was a one 0 thrashing. So we'll have to see. But I think the three teams. There's not a lot between City, Liverpool, and Chelsea. I don't on think. any given day. No, yeah, that's true. You know, so. We'll see what happens. And, uh, you are, I mean, everybody's saying Chelsea are a machine. We were talking about this yesterday, but a couple of the cogs are going to be missing. I mean, the one uh, sort of working with that Conte, I mean, they can, can't they? Uh, yeah, they've done they've proved that. And they've, they've, proved they've got that Alonso to cover Chilwell, but that was a blow because he was playing really, really well and it looked like a quite a serious injury. Conte uh, doesn't look too serious. Uh, it's a much harder game against United than it would have been a week ago, let's be honest. And mm. uh, yeah. and even harder if they do get Pochettino, which I've been told is a done deal by yeah. somebody now, you well sp- you, spoke, you spoke to someone really well connected in the world of football and yeah. uh, and that's what you were told. Yes. It's done. It's done. Of course, he can't say anything, you know, 
for tonight's game. And yeah. it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next few days and whether that's true. Mm. The same person told me that Conte has told Harry Kane that he's overweight and unfit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, OK. Yeah. Well, I think that's fair enough, isn't it? That's the way it looks to me. I mean, <laughs> well, you know, I what, he, that what he did for... Uh, Lukaku um, was, yeah. the, you know, he definitely got him slimmer and quicker, and you know. I imagine he is he is a manager that does deal in home truths. So I imagine he's someone that, and maybe they get a bit lost in the translation. So yeah. he comes across as my old nam would say, as a bit Joe Blunt. Joe Blunt, yeah, but you Giuseppe know, Blunt. There's no question that you know that that'll do England massive favours if the, if he's right and he gets Kane fitter because I think you saw on Sunday against Leeds he's not himself. I mean, yeah. even in a in a Tottenham win. It just there were times where you just thought he would have scored that goal. He would have just been quicker. Yeah. You know, he just looks a bit ponderous. So you know, um, I look forward to him. Well, not from a Spurs point. You <laughs> look forward to him getting better. Well, from an England from point an England of view. point yeah. of view. That was interesting last night. I'm sure that goal was going to be disallowed. I sent my son a text saying. That's that's handball. But oh yeah, the one. Peter Walton put me right. The, rule, it has a, the rules change. It, I know it has, but it does have a material effect on where the ball ends up, and and the oh, fact yeah. the goal is scored with the next touch, effectively, isn't it? So uh, yeah, Manchester United. Did you watch them? Uh, I only saw the goals. A nice opportunistic yeah. moment. From I mean, Ronaldo. the game was interesting. If the, we were talking earlier on about how Manchester United will play, because it looked like yeah. they would have been quite happy with nil nil, and thought we'll get a chance at some point. We've got to put them away and we'll play like Ronaldo. There's always that chance, which yeah. is what they did and Sancho scored a very good goal they've matched up well against Chelsea in the past but if they come to your place and 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 maybe sit back mm. in the same way they did uh, yeah, I think, think that's what they're going to do, don't you? That's quite a high risk against you, isn't it? And it, well, you know, exactly. it works on the basis that you don't concede Reece during James, that period. I mean, he was mad at he, What a brilliant goal that yeah. was! He's playing so well, isn't he? Absolutely. Sure is. And you, you wonder, yeah. you know, at the time you were looking at uh, you're looking at Tarek Lamptey and thinking, why is he going to leave? But he obviously same saw, with Livramento. He saw they, that yeah, he, they weren't going to get. Although games. you know, Reece James may end up in the back three, but we'll see. Yeah. We shall see. But yeah, it was a good performance. Yeah, it's, it's going. So well. we should um, say well done to. Uh, uh, the new CEO of uh, anti, UK anti-doping. Oh yes, uh, her name is Jane Rumble. R U M B L E Rumble. Are you ready? Obviously. Um, so I mean, look. I hope it. We we hope it works out for her. We really do. She starts next March. She may be thinking she's got a bit of time to fill before March. Yeah. Does she want to do a bit of telly? Does she fancy maybe pitching some ideas to the TV companies? I'm just trying to think of the name of that rugby league ground that's called the Jungle. Is it Warrington? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yes. I would say you're trying to get that in there. <laughs> yes, well, I mean, you've, you've, there's only two, isn't there? Let's, let's get ready to rumble, and I'm not quite sure what that is, but she's in it. And then there's uh, Rumble in the Jungle, which is which goes on safari. Um, so I mean, Rumble Stilton Skin. <laughs> was it the cheese based uh, cheese making uh, cheese making uh, uh, show? That's uh, rather That's good. Possible, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Belly Rumble. I don't know what that is. is no, something about, no idea. I don't, anyway, look, we'll leave it to the listeners. They're much better at this than us. Uh, mm. So we're looking for some TV formats for the new UK. I mean, I'm sure giving it all the gravitas, obviously, the role deserves. Coming yeah. up with TV formats for. Uh, Jane Rumble, talksport.com forward slash H and J. You can text to 81089 or tweet to TSH and J. TSH A N D J. I don't know if you saw, but Line of Duty star Adrian Dunbar, Ted Hastings, is in a new drama, and you'll yeah. never guess he's playing a policeman. Yeah. It's I'm, amazing, isn't it? Well, I, I imagine he's getting a good pension as well at the end of all this. <laughs> 
if he does, if he does sort of 25, 30 years in police dramas, you get a, you get a good decent pension. A decent pension, yeah. So and best of luck, especially the senior ranks that he tends to play. <laughs> Cricket Tasmania are great, aren't they? Yeah. They say that uh, they're obviously defending Tim Payne, and yeah. he's already been through a disciplinary process. They said, they said it's the worst thing to happen to an Australian captain since Bill Laurie. But it was slightly different. I was reading about it. Bill, Bill Laurie, all he did was complain about the team hotel. It's yeah. not quite the same, is it? No, not quite the same as sending I don't know, Bill. Well, if Bill had a mobile phone, he wouldn't have done that anyway. Tension of sending... Uh, and it has been a great year for Italy. Not only did they win the European Championships, not only did they win the 100 metres at the Olympics. They won. They won Bake Off. They won Bake Off last yeah. night. Yeah, yeah. It's controversial, though. Was it? I, I don't watch Giuseppe's Andy. been great, but I th- he, he had a poor final. Did he really? Oh, yeah, I was saying to see. Oh, I feel like I'm in the hairdressers all of a sudden. Yeah, exactly. Right, okay. What, <laughs> what is sport? Isn't what it? did he. Um... <laughs> well, he burnt, his te- he burnt his technical for a start. Yeah, well, that's always painful, isn't it? <laughs> who, who are you, Roy Hudd? This <laughs> taking me back. <laughs> Exactly. Have you got a court subpoena? Of course. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Um, we're joined in the studio now by our former uh, Scottish football correspondent who uh, these days works for ESPN in the States. It was during that time um, he got to know uh, Paul Mariner very well. They became uh, good friends. And uh, now Mark has, has well, it's, he's written and kind of pulled together. Uh, the, we'll explain the circumstances shortly. Uh, a, a wonderful biography of Paul, uh, my rock and roll football story, much of it told, but sadly not all of it uh, in his own words. Uh, he's also 
uh, alongside uh, Paul's son George, who's joined us in the studio. Guys, good afternoon. Good, good afternoon. To see good you. Afternoon. Um, so, Mark, yeah, well, it's probably worth explaining how this all came about. You know, say you, uh, Paul wrote some of it with another author, but it never saw the light down. Then you kind of picked up on that. Yeah, it wasn't it? even going to be a book. It was just a life story to get it down on 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 paper uh, back in 2010. And I had no idea that this even existed when I said to George's dad back in March, "Do you fancy writing a book?" And he got back. He says, "Ooh." Does it entail much? And I said, well, <laughs> depends what you're willing to say. And he said, look, I'm going through chemo and radiotherapy. I'll have lots of time to do it. And we got in touch with the same book publisher that did Stevie Nichols' book mm. um, that I wrote a few years ago because Stevie and Paul worked together. And we, we started the process. But sadly, um, Paul started to go downhill around then. And there was one occasion, an hour and a half, I spoke with Paul um, over the phone on, on Skype, and that's the only time I, I spoke with him. So I was able to take what was already there, speak to about 40 people, from Kevin Painter, the darts player, to Jürgen Klinsmann, who played with him or had him at Toronto, and all these Ipswich boys in Plymouth and Portsmouth. And that was Arsenal. a great time, wasn't it? Oh that comes goodness. across in the book. And also, George, what comes across, a lovely tribute from you, and also what a great bloke your dad was, how much he was loved. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he was amazing. I mean, he's the sort of person that would do anything for anyone. You know, even if you've met him for 10 minutes you know you'd say you know try and help you out here and there um i think everyone loved him his sort of life and soul of the party just you mm. know plop him in a room and people were drawn to him um so yeah i mean i'm i'm proud of of my dad and what he achieved um mark's done an incredible job of the book um it's just a shame you know dad's not here to to read it himself sure. but um yeah I, I can't wait to can't wait to get stuck into it because i haven't read it all yet so you say everything he achieved, Mark, and that's. And when you actually look at the book and you look mm -hmm. at what he did achieve at club level mm. as an England international, I mean, it, it was it was some career, wasn't it? It was, and there's not many football autobiographies that have a lead singer of a famous rock band, Deep Purple, <laughs> doing the forward, Ian Gillen, mm. and the, the the nonsense that that they got up to. He had a wonderful career um, playing and scoring for England at, at the World Cup. Um, and there's a tale in there as well. I don't know if you remember back in the 80s, Hofmeister Beer used to have George the Bear as the, the kind of advert. Follow the bear. Follow the bear. Yeah. So one day, people in London did follow the bear because, Mr. Marna, your father, and I know this is the first time I've met George as well. Oh, so yeah. To, to, yeah, yeah. Today, this is the first time we've actually met. It's all been over the phone. Um, your father went round London with Viv Anderson driving a cabriolet when they were at Arsenal, and he had George the Bear's head on, <laughs> waving to everybody. He stole the bear's head. from. A, it was an Arsenal day out on a Wednesday. And there's stories about helicopters with George Best to play in an Ian Gillen tribute. Um, and all sorts. It's just, it's there's a bit of football in there as well. By yeah, the way. there is. <laughs> the Ian Gillen stuff is fantastic. Oh, and they became, it's interesting, they, they became sort of great mates, George, didn't they? Yeah, and, yeah. And um, lots and lots of stories uh, about that and about them dedicating, the band dedicating Smoke on the Water yeah. to him on, on a few occasions when they played live. Yeah, I mean, my, my dad loved music. Um, you know, rock and roll was obviously his favourite genre, but... You know, he'd always be messaging me, asking asking me, you know, what what's the next thing coming out. He even liked a bit of house music. And oh. In fact, when he was, um, unfortunately, when he was uh, ill, um, I made him a little playlist for his birthday. And there was a lot of sort of house music on there, soul music, a little bit of everything. But, you know, he's always, always into music. Um, 
when we were young, he actually uh, loved to drum, played the drums. Oh, right. Um, so, yeah, he's a big fan of music. There's a, a great story in in the book. There's, remember Shoot Magazine or Match Magazine yeah. used to do the kind of yeah. favourite food and the stupid questions? Well, like, we did one with him live, Mark. We did a, we did a refocus. We found an old copy of Shoe and uh, we got him on from the States and uh, we went through them. We'll see how much yeah. he could remember. We asked him questions about it. Yeah, see if he could get the same, the same answer. What was your favourite food in 1982 or that, whatever? That was the thing. So one of them was favourite <laughs> musical instrument yeah. and he'd said piano. And he's never played the piano in his life, but as a result, he was getting letters from parents of supporters when he was at Ipswich saying, thank you so much, I've now got my kids playing the piano because they know it's your favourite musical instrument. He'd never picked up or, or played anything like that in his life, had he? I guess it's better than the drums, right? Yeah, yeah, well, that's <laughs> it. But you, you mentioned Ian Gillen then. You were telling us before the show that he'd written one forward and then he, he wanted to put in an extra part. Yeah, because I'm in Connecticut five hours behind, it was a Saturday night and the phone went, as it does, I mean, how many times does the lead singer of Deep Purple call you <laughs> and he said look I've just been to see Paul and he knew at that time this was the first time it was going to be the last time he'd see him mm. he says would you mind if I add to the forward so he is as a writer of music he's got a tone about him that's incredible and it made me cry a lot of things in that book made me cry mm. and it'll probably set me off just now as well but Ian was someone and is someone who is is a special character he's like Paul as well because they've achieved so much, but they're still so humble, and they think of others before themselves. Yeah. Mm. There, yeah. there are some wonderful stories in there where they went. I think Nebworth. They went off to Nebworth. Oh. oh my goodness! And a couple of the Ipswich boys, Russell Osman and Terry Butcher, and the decided fireworks. to get a better view and went up on this kind of high, uh, this high area. Mm. But they didn't realise that <laughs> seconds later, a massive firework display was <laughs> to go off, probably to wipe out two of the sort of Ipswich stars. Well, that was the one where Deep Purple reunited. They split up mm. um, in Japan at the end of the the 70s and they that was the one where the helicopter came over and back in those days there weren't many helicopters going to gigs so that was billed as the deep purple reunion yeah and mariner was there with because he went to all he was invited by by ian gillen and when gillen was in ipswich at the gomont he used to go after the game to the ipswich arms the green and newspaper and gillen's party trick he calls it the afterburn was if someone calls that's it time no more drinks he'd take the local newspaper wherever it was and he'd set fire to one end put the other end between his legs and say to the barman look this is going all the way and the whole thing's going to go up unless we can get another drink <laughs> gillen's tell me this he goes i even taught it to my daughter yeah <laughs> unbelievable it, it, there's some nice stories i take it from the the, the first book when because it seems to be in in Paul's words, where he's talking about the the old Ipswich team, yes. and like pen picks of his old teammates. Yeah, that's a good section. And of course, uh, Mr. Brazil, our own Mr. Brazil, gets in there, and it's a lot of happy memories of of your dad uh, going racing with uh, with Big Alan, Newmarket races. And he says at one point, he says he said he was always larger than life. I'm not surprised he's presenting the the uh, breakfast show on Talk Sport. He said I'm also not surprised he often turns up late for it. <laughs> <either>. <laughs> Having babysat Alan Brazil at Hamden when he did his Flower of Scotland impersonation oh, yes. and. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know all about that. But they had a great relationship. And I know your dad always came back, didn't he? Because he did a games with us at ESPN, usually until mid-December, and he would always come back to go to the racing with you yeah. in December. We'd, um, he'd always come over at Christmas, sort of spend time with my brothers and myself. Um, you know, he'd see his mother as well. But yeah, you know, he'd come back to London. Um, we'd go go to the races, go to Ascot. It's one yeah. of his favourite things to do. Um, he actually owned a, owned a racehorse, but I went... Why not go too deep into that? Because it's probably in the book. So uh, yes, I remember there was reading the story. <laughs> he was given it by a Greek magnate, a Greek shipping magnate, gave mm. him a horse, and he, he called it Mighty Mariner. 
That's and good. The, and the, yeah, the rest yeah. is... Yeah, the rest yeah is, uh, until you find out But more. there were three clear sections to his life, his working life, the, the footballer, mm-hmm. and then coaching, and then working with you in the media. Yeah, and, and all, loved it, he gave it. up football at the age of 15 to play cricket with Bill Beaumont. Yes, that's right, yeah, yeah. I mean, that just... Frank, <laughs> wait a minute here, Bill, Bill Beaumont played... Yeah, so he gave it up, and it was Steve Walsh who was the director of football at Leicester and mm-hmm. went to Everton. Yeah. They were pals from the same area of Lancashire and they were underage drinking one night in the bar and Steve said to them, do you fancy coming back? And they did. So he went on a trial to, to Plymouth and had to go to Penzance to, to get a contract. And by the way, he was about to sign it. The deal was agreed for him to go to West Ham, not Ipswich. West Ham, Ron Greenwood, who was general manager, having gone up and not manager anymore, did the deal on the Saturday night that he would be a West Ham player. Bobby Robson got wind of this and did the deal on the Sunday, and that's why he ended up at Ipswich. Wow, that's oh, a good really. story. The, and, course, um, and playing, he played under Rondon in the World did. Cup. Yeah. In yeah. 82, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the thing that also comes across, George, is that he, was, he seemed very happy and content in his life when, when he was taken ill. Yeah, um, you know, always high spirits, which is incredible for Dad. Um, you know, always still laughing and joking. You know, we'd, I'd even put up old clips of him on YouTube and, you know, just to bring back memories and he used, he used to love watching it. And you know, I tried to do that with him for, obviously, when it came to the book with Mark, just to give Mark some more details. And, mm. um, yeah, he's, he was always so happy. And, um, yeah, honestly, he was an amazing dad. Like, did everything and anything for me and my brothers. Um really fortunate to have him and like I said it's you know it's a shame he's not here now sure you know his legacy lives on and Mark's done an incredible job with the book and lots of tributes at the end of the book which are so moving and fulsome it's always a mark of a man when people speak about you like that it was the night before England played in the final as well Mm. um, in the Euro final that, that, that he passed and it's just how well I mean how people talk about who would he be now he wouldn't be anybody now but a similar style I don't know if he'd be like a Harry Kane or someone like that but he was brave. Mm. Nothing. F- and footballers, the Ipswich team that that era were mm. brave, and but they they had such a camaraderie because of what they did off the pitch, as well. And I mean, I'm sure he told you a few stories that you know, but would never give up as well. Mm. That couldn't feature in a book, but he was just yeah. that type of guy. I mean, just you know, I I asked him, you know, when when he broke his leg at Chorley, and then, you know, I said, you know, how did you feel when you you know you came back, and he said, you know, I, I felt. I felt stronger, I felt quicker, I felt hu- more hungrier. And, you know, I think, um, do you know who was it who, who came to see him at um, Chorley from Plymouth? Yeah, uh, the chairman. I think they were there like 10, 15 minutes, I think, mm-hmm. and they just saw enough and they were like, just get him down. That was, the, that was the, way, the kind of start of his, of the proper start of his professional career. Yeah, prior prior to the World Cup in 1982, he did his Achilles and he, was, he didn't think he was going to get to the World Cup and he came back too soon. So they sent him, the England doctors and the Ipswich doctors sent him to Cambridge University to stay. He lived there for a while, for like two months, to get him back ready. And he was as fit as he's ever been after the World Cup. But he then went and thought, you know what, I'm so fit, I can go back and then have the life that I had and drink. That's his biggest regret. Yeah. He didn't contain or didn't maintain that um, regime, that fitness regime. And the Achilles went and he ended up at Arsenal. Did okay there, then Plymouth, uh, sorry, then Portsmouth. And he might have started off as a midfielder, but he ended up as a centre-back. Yeah. Because he got further and further back because when he went to America. It must have been a wrench leaving Ipswich, though, because he clearly loved playing. Well, him and John Wark tried to not be smart. They both put a transfer request in to try and get more money. 
Paul's deal was he wanted to stay at Ipswich for the rest of his career, but he wanted paid more because at the World Cup, they'd been talking, all the players, yeah. how much are you on? You're on what? Oh, I'm only on this. <laughs> so he thought he could get more, but what he wanted to do was end his career at Ipswich as a coach, but his money would come down as a result of that. Yeah. But because the pioneer stand at Ipswich would, had just been built, there wasn't enough money for that. So Paul ends up at Arsenal, Wark ends up at Liverpool, but Wark ends up going back to Ipswich. Yeah. Paul didn't. Wow. Well, it must be lovely, George, to have this kind of record of his career now, and and it must be lovely for you, Mark, that the family feel you've you've done him proud. That's my main. As long as the family are proud of of what's been, because that's that's Paul's book, and that that'll be there forever, and his legacy will will be there forever as well. So it's out now. I take it. It is with Reach Publishing. Yeah, We've Reach Sport, ReachSport dot com. You'll find it. Amazon, all good bookshops as well. Paul Black Maddie. Friday sale on as well. Half oh price. yeah, there we are. Half <laughs> come on. Never drop that selling. My rock and roll football story. Paul Marin uh, available now in Hardback. Good to see you both. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank Thank you. You. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Joining us in the studio now is uh, comedian and actor Nick Helm. Good afternoon, Nick. Good to see you. Hello, how you doing? Yeah, we're good. We're good. You are you're on in the London's busy West End at the moment. Glittering we're, Soho. Yeah. I think you stink. Yes, it rhymes. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Take us back to our childhood. Um it, it, it is a um kind of B movie horror. Yeah. It start yeah. I mean, I wrote it. I started writing it in two thousand and eight. Wow! And then uh, it's the thirteenth anniversary this year. So we did it in Edinburgh in two thousand and nineteen, just before uh, lockdown and everything. Right. And then the idea was that we we're going to go into Soho, and uh, um, yeah. And then uh, obviously we haven't done anything for two years, and so this is the first opportunity, and it just so happens to be the 13th anniversary, unlucky for some, yeah. and, uh, yeah, it's gone really well. The B-movie horror genre, is it developed in these 13 years or, or not? Or you can't, harking back to earlier times with Not this? really. The, m- most of, the most of like, the huge uh, ideas for the songs and stuff came all at once in 2008, and then over the years I've sort of gone back to it and made everything better and refined stuff we got like projection screens now and wow. uh, stuff but it's still really shoddy it's like <laughs> it's like if Ed Wood made a made a musical oh okay but it's yeah that sounds good it's sort of I, d- I don't know it's always a bit of a difficult sell because even I don't really know how to describe it but mm. it's kind of like uh, it's like homemade sort of costumes and it's all like slung together and like so it's kind of like if my stand-up persona had written and directed a musical. <laughs> so it's like absolutely shambolic, but it's kind of amazing at the same time. Good stuff. Your website describes you as the human car crash of light entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Beautiful. Great. That was like, uh, when I first started doing stand-up in uh, late 2006, I didn't know what I wanted to do mm. with my act. And so I thought of that. And then whenever I saw, I was like, I described myself as the human car crash of light entertainment. And then that sort of, every time I got lost, I'd sort of go back to that and be like, oh, that's what I'm like. like, The music in the musical, is it, is it, I mean, because people immediately think, oh, it's, it's horror. It's, I mean, it's going to be quite rocky horror. Like what's, what sort sort of music are we we talking really? Is it quite general? Yeah, it's like, well, I mean, um, so it, the way it came about was in 2007, I did a poetry and uh, music show, which was me and my friend with an acoustic guitar on mm. stage. And we just sort of like did poems and some sort of gentle songs. And then the next year I was going to do another show like that. So it started off with poems and songs. Mm. And then it sort of like turned into something completely different. 
So, yeah, there is sort of like a Rocky Horror element to it. But when I was writing it, I never it never crossed my mind. Right. And then it was kind of like, oh, yeah, it is a bit like that. So we sort of like have lent into it a bit. And oh, okay. Gone, if you like Rocky Horror, you'll like this. Oh, excellent. I mean, music's been quite a big part of your comedy, hasn't it? I mean, in Uncle, which you did for three seasons and I loved, there was yeah. music in every show, wasn't there? Yeah. Yeah, well, the way that Uncle came about. I mean, so I've I was in bands at school. I've been, I, I've written music longer than I've been a comedian. Um, uh, but when um, um, what was the question, Uncle? Yeah, yes. uh, with Uncle, fact, there, was a song, there. there was always a song in it, wasn't there? The original, the original pilot. Um, when the script came, I'd just worked with Baby Cow um, on Black on some blaps and when this script came along they said oh nick would be good for this so i never auditioned for it or anything and the only thing was that it was about an out-of-work actor and um and we all sort of like agreed that an out-of-work actor was slightly less sympathetic than an out-of-work musician and henry had just seen me on um stage and he said oh well nick writes songs and he just said if you make him into an out-of-work musician he can write a song for every episode oh, and no. ollie refson who wrote it and directed it he just you know tweaked it ever so slightly and then all of a sudden it sort of came to life and it gave me something to do and it gave me some input um and all the songs in uncle they were like a minute and a half and you've got a fitting plot and character and all of these bits in them there's one song in uncle that doesn't really add anything to anything. <laughs> and I, that's my least favourite. But all of the other songs, I think that um, the show, you know, everything's different after the song, you know. Mm. Like the characters have moved on or the plot has moved on slightly. So it sort of contributes to the, the arc of the episode. Yeah. Now, we um, we understand you're not the biggest. Here we are on Talk Sport. You're not the biggest of sports fans. But I said, we've. Now, we, we've what we've, is sport? That's we, a very well, good that, question. That's the first time anybody's ever <laughs> asked that of us. Oh, it's, yeah, we'll put that to the listeners. What is sport? Um, yeah, we so we even found a, a bit of uh, sport in, in Jack D a while back, which took some doing. But it's it's never, it didn't ever interest you at school or and doesn't still or uh no no no, <laughs> no. I, but i think i think it's sort of like it's passed down to you isn't it and my dad mm. my dad was really sort of like my my parents my mum and my dad they watch like sporting events they watch the olympics and the world cup and whatever yeah but um but when we were growing up my dad was really sort of like uh into art and so we'd have like bbc2 on and we right. really like watching op- yeah, yeah, opera. Yeah, a bit of rugby, like rugby league. Floodlit rugby league. Floodlit rugby league with Eddie Webb. My mum loves time. rugby. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> but she's a bit of a perv. <laughs> did, you, so did you play sport at school at all? Or you try and avoid it? Yeah, we had to. We, yeah, we, we all did, didn't we? We, we all to. did, yeah. Well, that was it. I mean, I was, I was always into sort of like um, uh, drama and stuff. And I, I, we, I moved school at sort of like about seven or eight. And I think that that was sort of like a crucial age for me. Mm. But when I moved schools, it took me a while to make friends, so I used my imagination a lot. So I think that I was really more into that sort of stuff. Mm. And like, and I, if I was into if I was into sport, it would have made my life a lot easier, because I worked in a pub, and it's just a shorthand for, for yeah. blokes, yeah. for men standing at a bar. Um, you can just talk about absolutely, you know, it's, if you've got sport in common, you can talk for hours. Yeah. And I've noticed that in taxis, I've noticed that in pubs. And <laughs> I was filming I was filming a sitcom with Ramesh Ranganathan called uh, Reluctant Landlord. Mm. Oh, and yeah. uh, we had uh, Nigel Planer came in uh, to do like a couple of days. Yeah. And I, w- and I grew up watching Nigel Planer on 
um, uh, young ones. Uh, uh, I'm saying Nigel Planer, right. and I don't mean Nigel Planer. <laughs> I mean Nigel Havers. Oh, Nigel uh, Havers, yes, right, right. and I grew up watching Nigel Havers, and um, and it was just like right, okay. So there's Nigel Havers, and I'm stood on set with him, and I've got nothing to say to him for like five minutes, and I'm sort of like starstruck. <laughs> and I was like, oh god, right. And then Romesh sort of walks in, and he says, uh, "What's your team?" And then they're just talking for like five minutes, yeah. and I'm just thinking, if only I had that <laughs> yeah, skill. Yeah. Anyway, but I've got the uh, that how people are with sport is how I am with films so I can yeah, talk sure. about films for hours that was a good series The Reluctant Man and I'd forgotten you were in that weren't you? Yeah. you were sort of the regular customer weren't you yeah sort of I was like uh, looking the, for love I the think. norm of, uh, of the <laughs> no. yeah, I got cast really late, last minute. I got cast on the Friday and started filming on the Monday. Wow! Yeah. So, well, um, this is uh, how long's the run of the of the show? Got four more four more nights. We're doing uh, tonight until Saturday at the Soho Theatre. Soho Theatre in London. So if you're yeah. living in London or down in London, there's get restaurants on. all nearby. Oh, yeah. You can Good eat and nice you can come venue. and see the show. Have the Lovely football bit. on in the pubs. You're right to football and then go yeah, off to next I, 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 and To be honest, if you buy a ticket, you can have the football on your phone. As I, <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> don't really care. <laughs> and uh, we plan to sort of take this on the road a bit more? or It's impossible to tour because oh, there's, really? like five, there's five people in it. There's so many props. There's so much like technical aspect to it. Um I might like think about like relocating it to like a northern venue, but it cost me loads of money to put on as well. So, right. um, so I'm doing it. It's just out. It's like a passion project. Yeah. It's like mm. absolutely out of love. And if someone ever like sees it and says, "Oh, I know what to do with that," that'd be brilliant. Okay. Because I've I've done this for thirteen years, and, it's like, <laughs> and I just like I want someone else to take I it. I just on. want to TV now. I just I yeah. I reckon it could be a film. It could be TV. It would be a radio drama. It could be anything you want to do. <laughs> I, I, I take all the music out, make it you know, a straight a straight TV show. Put sport, and it could be on talk sport. It could be. Yeah, we'll, we'll do a production. Uh, Nick Helms, I think you stink. Uh, yep, he's on at the Soho Theatre now. Nice to see you, Nick. Thank you very much for coming in. Thanks for appreciate me. it. It's uh, Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs here on Talk Sport. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Now, of course, everyone on this show was devastated when our, our transfer deadline day man outside the Spurs training ground, Richard <laughs> Crackers Cracknell, uh, up sticks and obviously off the, based on the money that we paid him over the years, yeah, went and moved abroad to a tax haven. <laughs> no, of course not. He moved. He retired and moved off to the Canary Islands. But he, he, he comes back to this country to present lots of, uh, not just Tottenham evenings. Uh, <coughs> he was me telling me last night, he's done a few Arsenal ones as well. No, yeah. you haven't. Have <laughs> a man's got to eat. <laughs> oh, for goodness well, it's just, sake. It, you know, you've got to be bigger than that, haven't you, when, you're, when, you're, when you're doing that kind of job. Um, and he, he presents the evenings with the legends uh, around mm. the country. But he's popped in to see us. Uh, good afternoon, Crackers. Good to see you. Afternoon, Paul. Afternoon, Andy. Yeah. Or bueno pomeriggio. Because yes. uh, Andy says I, I fall deeply for every manager. <laughs> yeah, so. I expected that. The whole interview to be conducted in Italian. Yes. <laughs> you were yes. right behind Nuno, you were right behind Conte, but I don't blame you because Conte is a good manager. Mm, I very, I've really fallen for, for Antonio, yeah. really, really. Just to see that passion on the sidelines now, you know, Nuno was a little bit 
arms folded and a bit... Um, Inscrutable, wasn't yes, he? He was a bit sort yeah, of passive and we didn't quite know what he was it's thinking. A, it's a bit like Newcastle. In as much as any wins Newcastle can get before the transfer window will be a real bonus. And it's the same for Spurs. Any wins Spurs can get now before he gets into the team, mm. gets them fit, gets them playing the way he really wants them, is a bonus. Yes, exactly. And, uh, I mean, as he said, he doesn't want to see any of the players coming again back to training looking that unfit and that mm. overweight so uh, I'm hoping I don't bump into him at any stage because <laughs> no, I'm banging trouble no no you've, you've lost a fortune of weight and mm. uh, Jonathan Lou wrote an interesting piece about the significance of ketchup it's not ketchup per se it's what ketchup represents isn't it oh I see that yeah. a coach goes in I thought you uh, meant catching up no no I don't mean not catching catching not up ketchup. on the other top three we're not catching up <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about tomato <laughs> ketchup oh, yes, sorry, which yeah. go- <laughs> why would I suddenly Start speaking up from Bloemfontein <laughs> apropos of nothing. Sorry. But anyway, yeah, tomato ketchup. And the, some, the manager comes in. And even uh, Michael Dawson did the, the Spurs show, which we often do with Mike Lee and, and Theo Delaney. Um, but Michael Dawson was talking about that and the regime change. He said, uh, what difference did it make when X came in? I can't remember the manager. Oh, I made a massive difference. Like, oh, it was Harry. Yes. Overnight, Harry came in. It was a different atmosphere. He put ketchup back on the table. That's <laughs> what you got to do. If you, so if the players have had a bad experience, if you're a, a budding coach, if they've not had ketchup, put the ketchup on and they'll love you for at least till they put on a bit of weight and their teeth fall out. Not that ketchup does that, I'd like to point out, from the good people at Heinz. Um, <laughs> you have, have to drink a lot of it or other, other ketchup. Yeah, that's right. Um, we were saying earlier on, it, it, Andy has heard that the Pochettino for Manchester United uh, is, is looking very, very good. Um, mm. uh, how will you feel? I've been sort of contemplating this. I, I, I loved him as a manager uh, and I wish him well. And, I, and I, you know, I'd like to see him back in work but it will be a bit like seeing an ex-partner won't mm. it that you that you ended on good terms with <laughs> yeah. suddenly with someone else and it, it's going to be well, we've a had bit... that with Spurs you have had that. and Conte oh. yeah. you do love an ex-Chelsea manager hopefully some work three years better time. than others <laughs> yeah. but I mean how, what, what was it like was it worse with Conte now or was it worse with seeing Mourinho at Tottenham <sighs> I think Mourinho, but Conte, only because Mourinho, I feel, was past his best when yeah. he went to Spurs, whereas I think this guy's at the top of his game. Very and much so, so I'm concerned, yeah. that obviously, that Spurs. But the whole of the Premier League is going to become so top-heavy when you've got these great managers coming in, lots of money, like Newcastle, you know, obviously they're miles away at the moment, but... You know, you can envisage in the United, if they get potch, you can see six, seven, eight teams really challenging, which is great Fo- for the league. Football's such a mad sport, though, because there's such juxtapositions. You get all these pundits talking about the science and this didn't go right and that didn't go right, but it's chaos. There's no science to football. There is a chaos to it. So you get pundits saying, oh, this should have happened, that should have happened. Sometimes it doesn't, and it's the same as the love of players and managers. We all fall so in love, but yet it's such a cold, hard business. Everybody was saying, oh, I do love Pochettino. It's going to kill me to see him at Manchester United, and I think Poch really loves Spurs well, don't go to Manchester United then if you really love us. Sort of kick around and wait wait for Conte to all, go. Cause... They're all prof- look, they're, it's, it's professionals. No one ever feels the same way as the fans. They can have an affinity with a club, mm. but it's never the same, never on the same level no, as a no. fan. And no one should ever expect that, I don't no. think. And I, I think that's what fans sometimes don't quite get. And I think this is where I've had a little peep behind the curtain at the Wizard of Oz Castle in the interviewing and working with the players, mm. you get 
get to see that more human side when it's just a another job as you know same as going to work at a butcher's bakers and candlestick making but, but the money's slightly better yeah unless the money's really gone up in candlestick making recently <laughs> imagine a ca- couple of candlestick makers saying yeah i'm about 100 150 grand a week now cool that's not bad <laughs> yeah, okay. but it was ever thus because i remember one night we were at scribes terry venables yes. Place, yes. yes and uh, we were on sitting on a table it was the saturday night karaoke it was a great night mm. eric hall and uh, neil um Ruddock, Ruddock. Yeah. yeah, Neil Ruddock, and uh, and Dennis Wise was sitting opposite, and Chelsea had lost that day to Leeds, I think four 0 four one, something like that, and obviously I was gutted, and my wife turned to Dennis and said, "You don't seem as upset as my my husband, not my son, <laughs> you know, which would be quite difficult. You couldn't be as upset." And he said, "No, no, not we many are. people are." <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I don't think Thomas Tuckle gets as upset as you do, and he gets very upset. Mr. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that's the thing. There's that professional distance, mm, isn't yeah. it? You know, you know. And Dennis loved the club, but yes, you know, yeah. I suppose you can't, you can't react to every win or, or, or loss. I no, suppose. no, no. You, you, there has to be a little bit of an evenness to it, doesn't there? You yeah. know, and don't get too excited when things are going great, and mm. just don't get too down when things are going bad. So, do you, do you the follow a consoling thing for, for yeah. us as Chelsea fans watching Conte is that, like we did with Mourinho, we absolutely knew it would go wrong and like we do with Conte, we absolutely know it's going to go wrong. After two years. After two years. You, you'll have won something but it will go wrong. Yes, yes. I'm, I'm yeah. fully prepared for that because, <laughs> yeah. you know, if you look at the lifespans, you've got like the Mayfly um, then I think it's TikTok viral videos, and then it's Premiership manager, yeah. isn't it? No, that's, 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 very, that's just very, the top good. three for life cycles, really. Are, are you fun, you know, you've moved to the uh, Canary Islands, yes, you? Yeah. to Lanzarote. You to Lanzarote. Love it, don't you? I follow you on Instagram. You yeah. post lovely pictures to make us all jealous. Yeah, to sit there <laughs> holding a, a bottle of local beer with the sun going down. Thanks ever so much when it's pouring rain. Yeah. <laughs> but the um, have, have you been following a, a, a Spanish team there? Do you keep an eye on the local? Is it, is it Lanzarote Rovers or? <laughs> we, uh, my sons play for uh, a team at. Uh, uh, Club Deportivo Tinajo they oh, right. play for so uh, I take an interest in them uh, biggest team on the island really is UD Lanzarote Union Deportivo Lanzarote yeah. and they play at sort of Forest Green maybe Lake Orient level because the, the leagues are sort of set up a bit yeah. differently so uh, La Liga and that level you have to really go over to Gran Canaria for Tenerife so, is the, the big Tenerife, club on the islands isn't it of yes, course yeah, yeah. yeah. so uh, I don't keep too much Spurs keeps me busy enough really yeah. doesn't it of course but, you're able to see all of the games aren't yes, you I yeah, yeah, yeah get to, get to watch the games you. but uh, you know La Liga's technically brilliant and you know even you see it in the kids the t- technical ability of them He's just he's so your lads who played sort of uh, uh, of football over here, Saturday football over here. They noticed it when they first went there the sort of technical Mm. level of working with these Spanish kids massively. My youngest is goalkeeper for his side, and where we was doing you know a couple of hours a week training. Now it's two hours a night, three nights a week. Mm. And my youngest lads drop weight and they're telling them no juice in you, a bit like Antonio. Ketchup. No, <laughs> no, no ketchup. ketchup. Yeah. <laughs> no no juice in level, the, just in the water and you know, there's fitness training and then game training. And uh, so they really, really do take it seriously. But they pour so much money into their sports facilities. Mm. I mean, I live in a tiny little town of 4,000 people and uh, we've just had like four or five million euro pitch relayed there. Wow. Uh, 4G 
pitch so uh, they do really invest in in grassroots sports there and uh, yeah it's very very prof- like almost professional really so oh. yeah they, they really enjoy it and very nice so uh, you heard me talking on the show about uh, well known supermarket mm. uh, producing sort of sportswear and trainers mm. that are become so sought after they're on eBay for about 500 quid yes. so you tried to get me the trainers but you couldn't get those because you didn't have my size but you did bring both Paul and I the socks the socks yes, from this well known yeah predominantly <laughs> yellow with a bit of blue and red on yes, them yeah, that's that's right. clue. <laughs> yes but the train yeah the trainers quite sought after but they, they're, they're basically growing on trees in your part of the world oh, it's, uh, <laughs> they, they, the supermarket in question puts their offers on in the middle aisle yes, on a indeed. Thursday morning mm. and, and there you uh, are you've got a canoe <laughs> <laughs> a flamethrower, twelve pairs of trainers, <laughs> juggling boys. So he's got the lot. And whatever, you know, whatever's on the middle aisle, you're down uh, there. I'm, I'm, I was queuing at eight a.m. on the Thursday morning to to go and get the trainers, thinking right, there's going to be massive queues here because, as you say, in the UK, they're Man. trading for hundreds mm. of pounds. So there I am, 8.30 to the doors open and I've gone herring into the middle <laughs> aisle. sweep. And everybody else is just going about picking up their fruit and veg and a bit of tapas <laughs> and there's just me filling my basket like a, oh, like a lunatic. I love your estimate of my... F- Foot size, 43 yeah. to 46. So I think I could be in Jerry Cottle's circle. <laughs> I mean, the socks this big, so you're going to look like Britney in, in the Hit Me Baby One More Time video. They're going to be... What they're going to be during an image. Going to, yeah, that's not, that's not... Think of Andy in pigtails as a hog. Get out! What a horrible thought. <laughs> Get out. Uh, crack is lovely to see you. Yes, no, lovely and, to uh, see you. I know you pop back, so maybe you'll pop back around transfer deadline, Dan. We'll get you back out there to the training. It might actually be doing some business well, actually, in I think January. they will be in January. Yeah. We'll see. Hopefully. Otherwise, Fingers Antonio crossed. will be leaving. Yeah, I think February the first, first, Conte's gone. (laughs) Thank you, mate. We'll see you soon. Thank you. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Andy, anything else you want to share with the class? Well, I've got some exciting news for me. Uh, (laughs) I thought we were all delighted for you. Have you won the lottery? Got some exciting news for me. 122 million, I don't know if you remember, but uh, before the... We talked about this on air. Before the first lockdown, Mm. I was incredibly excited to have uh, secured two tickets to Jose Feliciano's uh, appearance at the Bexhill on Sea. Jose. Is it... He's not a Jose. Why do I keep... You keep... Tuchel, Tuchel, I can't know what's wrong with me today. I'm hopeless. Anyway... Jose Feliciano. Yeah. That's right. I don't know why yeah. I call him Jose. Well, because of the Portuguese and the oh, no. Spanish situation, as Glenn would call anyway, it. Anyway. Yeah. Feliciano. Oh, yeah. He's, uh, he's May the 19th, 2022. It's been rescheduled. So are you your get, tickets... I think they're still valid. Still I valid. I never got the money back, so... Um, and where's the venue? Uh, Bexhill-on-Sea, the theatre there. Lovely. It's the Rye Jazz Festival. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, so is that where excited. he was supposed to be on before? Exactly that, yeah, at exactly that time, a year later. I mean, make so, sure, don't turn up No, no, it's, and find yeah, that the tickets, it's on are not, website. tickets are not valid. Well, it must don't be true. Don't call then. me Jose. Yeah, don't call me, <laughs> no, Jose. Jose. Don't call me Jose. Don't call me Jose. It's, it's Jose. Always, the tour's called Call Me Jose, Andy Jacobs, <laughs> not Jose. Yeah. Anyway, never mind. I'm well, Andy, we'll look it. forward to the full report because you've been banging on about it for about two and a half years now, <laughs> going, going to see him. Jack yeah. Grealish apparently still agonising over affairs of the heart. Talk about not a problem, really, whatsoever. Yeah, well, I know he's uh, he's been in, he's been linked, hasn't he? He's been linked in uh, in, yeah. in the newspapers. We've noticed. Um, I, I don't know if you've seen uh, Norwich City have done something that always is quite contentious among mm. the fan base. 
they have unveiled a new club crest. People hate that, don't they? Well, not, not you know, I don't think everybody hates the badge. I've been sort of taking the temperature of the Norwich fans, but it always leads to a bit of um, marketing speak. Yeah. Uh, so the commercial director said, this is a huge moment in the history of Norwich City. Is it? And the real and a real statement of intent for the future. What a new they badge! Signed Cristiano Ronaldo <laughs> and uh, Erling Haaland. Uh, for the first time in fifty years, the club will adopt a newly evolved crest, fit for digital purpose, iconic, and most it? importantly accessible for all. It's um, yellow and green. It's got a canary on it. I bet Mick Dennis is delighted. It's going to be fit for digital purpose. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Uh, it good change though for them on the weekend. I was pleased it was. Yeah, was I mean that was the, that was the little flutter to have. I've got to be honest, and I'm just a bit gutted I didn't. The mm. new manager uplift flutter would have done it for you. Yeah, it would have been good. Wouldn't it, it featured in. Um, it did feature in my accumulator, which I always do, but also unfortunately mm. did Leicester drawing with Chelsea, oh. and I'm, <laughs> that didn't come off. I thought, but Leicester were poor, and oh, well, the they were same, very poor. They? Chelsea played well, but it yeah, could have been, been six. I but mean, yeah, you know. I mean. It was you did sort of swap them aside. It was very comfortable for you, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, no, I mean, you know, Chelsea are playing well. It'll be interesting to see what happens on Sunday. I was watching uh, a bit of curling now. We don't do a lot of curling on... We don't um, talk curling. You talk should listen curling. to talk curling. It's fantastic. And I noticed that uh, the curling, I don't know where it was from, the international curling, was sponsored by Gruyere, the... Uh, oh, no, that's not right. I've oh. just realised. Oh, OK. It's oh, not. forget that. Completely. OK. <laughs> well, that was a very short-lived feature no, no, from Andy. I just realised I was going to say something about that and I've got it completely wrong. It's so well done for them for getting involved with it. Yeah, well fantastic. done. Who was it sponsored by? You didn't want to go down that route, <laughs> no, I take no, it. It's all right. Don't read I'll, that letter from the star, will you? <laughs> no, I definitely won't read that. That is the maddest letter I've yeah, ever But as the read, listeners are never going to find out, go and well, find Go and have a look at it Go and find a copy and see if you can find the mad letter You'll see which one it is. Daniel Levy has apparently warned Antonio Conte that no, he may no, have he has. He hasn't. He hasn't. Well, he's not in a position. He's just appointed. He's not going to say to him, oh, and by the way, thanks for signing, and uh, now I'm warning you that we're not going to sign anyone. No, he, uh, I, I really don't think that is the case. I don't think he would have come unless he's going to get a cup. But who knows? As I said, February yes. the 1st will be a big day when he's got a spotted handkerchief on a stick and he's walking out of Spurs <laughs> Lodge with all his, all his coaches, of his many coaches. Yeah, you don't want to take him on legally. Huh? Yeah. He did quite well out, Chelsea. Yeah. So, a man has been disqualified in Germany after driving to his own driving test. They okay. caught him doing that. That's a bit, that's a they bit caught awful. him driving to his own driving test. What was his driving like? <laughs> oh, no, I did probably fine. Not, yeah, yeah, of course you're not allowed to do that. <laughs> well, did you, no, did you pass first time? Uh, yes, which is an incredible really? surprise, isn't it? I yeah. wasn't expecting All you to say to that. All thanks to Mr Knapp. From Mr Knapp and his Model T. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> so you'd have to stand there cranking the handle and then jumping into the car before it took off. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Knapp, the Mr. Knapp School of Motoring. Yes, I think it was, yeah. So, um, what vehicle uh, did you learn in, Andy? I'm interested to know. I think it was a escort, I think, if I remember rightly. Okay. It's a dual, dual carriage, not dual no, carriage. it's not carriage, a dual, dual carriage. Dual, dual controls. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dual carriageway of a car. You get, the words aren't coming to you today, They're not honey, coming which is not great on live radio. Yeah. I am pleased that I've got a nice uh, selection of gags for tomorrow's uh, already done. I don't always get them done like that. They really? Just, so, they, yeah. so when I say, well, when I say good, got, I've got one that I like. Oh, okay. Out of I'm ten. particularly pleased. You'll guess which one it is, because I'll do it first. Excellent. OK, your birthday's better be back. Charlie will be here tomorrow, but we've got plenty more to come between now and four when Andy Goldstein and Darren Goff take over. Uh, dual carriageway. That's what they so, want me to stay. Yeah. <laughs>
I think the today's podcast will be called Jose Feliciano's <laughs> Dual Carriageway. That, yeah, that, there we are. That's done. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Fergie, did you see this? That when he used to appear around Old Trafford or the training ground, they had a secret code word. All the staff would say, Max Jaffa is in. Yeah, which even predates me. I mean, blimey. That is a Jaffa, such a, the old Even t- Martin Kellner's going, I don't remember him. The old violinist, yeah. wasn't he? He was yeah. an old violinist. Why did, I don't, I don't probably want to go they, into why they called him Max Jaffa, but why, 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 is it a bit like they do that at the games, you know? Mr. Johnson is in the, really loud, the PA, ten times as loud, and Mr. Johnson has left the building. Yeah, they yeah. do a bit of that. Well, it they? might yeah. be, I have no idea, really, but uh, there you go. Yeah, uh, he was a British light orchestral violinist and band leader. I mean, yeah. it's a bit of an old reference, isn't yeah, it? it I is, mean, really. It predates Sir Alex, I would think. I can't Cristiano saying, oh, here's Max Jaffers in. <laughs> oh, Max, see, Max Jaffers in the building. It does seem quite Lee Sharp. It does seem quite unlikely they would have said, oh, watch it, here comes Max Jaffer. I, uh, yeah, that's not dwell on that for too long no. the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast there we are that was this afternoon's show we'll do it all again tomorrow Charlie Baker's here but you'll be up for the birthday spread oh yes you? I'm really looking forward to it we'll do it all again uh, tomorrow if you can join us on one great if not podcast available around four o'clock you've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4pm on Talk Sport. planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with Quinn's Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.